I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we've got ourselves a program. It's Wednesday, February 21st, 10 a.m., What's up, Richmond? Michael Phillips here, MP on the mic, coming at you live from our 910 The Fan Studios, 105.1 FM, and of course, worldwide on the free Odyssey app. Uh, We'll get to VCU. Got that pegged for 1030 today, about a half hour away. Uh, You'll hear from Coach Ryan Odom, his postgame thoughts. Uh, I'll give you the overview here. It's okay to go cold. They, they They didn't make a shot for nine minutes. Uh, that's okay. I, I'm not mad about that. You got shooters. Sometimes shooters go cold. There were a lot of frustrations outside of that, though. Continuing to get worked in the paint, uh, that, that may be an unfixable problem uh, until they get a true five. Obviously, one's going to arrive in the portal this year, uh, you know, or, or a freshman. That That's very obvious at this point. Can they string together three wins in Brooklyn without a true five because they, they were really hurting there the other night. The other thing was just the, the offense was stagnant during that nine minutes. It's okay to be cold if you're taking good shots and missing, but those first few, why was the offense going through Kwani for the first four minutes of the game? No disrespect to him, but you know that, that wasn't working. They didn't change it up. You got guys standing around, shots late in the shot clock, uh, a lot to review from that one. And it, look, if there's a positive... Here's your silver lining for VCU. We'll dive into this in half an hour. They're they're going to get the double buy in Brooklyn. They're, they're three wins from the NCAA tournament. This can finally put the nail in this goofy coffin of, uh, well, they can still get an at-large bid. They, they can't. They can't get an at-large bid, and that's just fine. We're just fine with that. Time to reload. Time to move towards Brooklyn. Some big games coming up. Richmond, Dayton, uh, it's going to be fun to watch these guys. It's it's okay. I promise you can still have fun watching these guys, even if at-large bids aren't on the line. Not a lot of fun last night, though. I uh, want to talk about Russell Wilson in our opening segment, whether he makes sense with the commanders, whether uh, he makes sense in a lot of different places. Yeah, We've heard the Steelers and the Jets mentioned. Uh, we'll dive into some Caleb Williams chat NFL Combine Coming up next week, all that talk's about to heat up. I'll let you know where things stand uh, on this day where uh, a lot of the commander's assistant coaches will meet the media up in Ashburn uh, and how much influence that has over the draft and the process and, and who's coming in. Obviously, Cliff Kingsbury's hire you know, raised a lot of eyebrows on that. Is, uh, is he here to bring a quarterback with him? What would it take to get Caleb Williams We'll dive into all that. Mike Sveditz, of course, joins us because it's a Wednesday. He'll do that. Uh, it's Hotel Pen Trivia Day. Come come ready. Uh, we got that tentatively booked for the 11 o'clock hour. We'll give out uh, this pack of Donruss baseball cards from, I, did, I didn't look, uh, 1991. 1991 baseball cards. We continue uh, our Hotel Pen Trivia Giveaway. Uh, tons of fun out there. Tons of fun to be had today. Uh, Alex Ovechkin scores two goals, so we'll uh, we'll check back in on the great eights chase for history. Also, uh, Luis Lucas, uh, a, a name that'll ring a bell to a lot of people. She's the head of the Senate Finance Committee. She is, uh, I would argue at this point, the number one chief opposer to Ted Leonsis's plan to move the Washington Wizards and the Washington Capitals to Alexandria. Um, never play in somebody else's sandbox because um, they're better at it than you, right? So there, there was, a, there was a, a volley of words yesterday, starting with uh, a, a union group declaring they'll be against the move to Alexandria uh, because the jobs won't all be union jobs. Glenn Youngkin fires back. It's a right-to-work state. We've worked with, with uh, organized labor. Uh, you know, uh, we, we, we feel like we have a good proposal here. Lucas has been consistently uh, winning the Twitter battle. I don't know what that counts for. Um, here, here's her latest from yesterday. Uh, she's been calling it the Glen Dome for Glenn Youngkin. The Glen Dome. Uh, the Glen Dome financing is based on ticket sales to the new arena, looking at projections that appears to include Wizards playoff games. 
I was still at the shipyard last time they were relevant in that discussion. They were called the Bullets. Uh, people get mad. She says, I hope no one took my treat- tweet the wrong way earlier. I'm always rooting for the Wizards to win the NBA draft lottery. That's a zing. That's, that's actually a pretty good zing. Uh, that is that is stalled out for the moment. I, I put this out there a, a week and a half ago. Look, this project has died more times than Sports Illustrated has in the last three months. Uh, it's not dead. Uh, it's not dead. That's not how Virginia's legislature works. She is very powerful. She can kill it in a lot of ways. But at the end of the day, if it comes to a vo- vote in the full Senate, I do think it has the votes. Uh, the question is whether the Democrats would risk angering her and passing it over her head or or if Yunkin will try try to appease her and, and give her something. That's This is a big old game of horse trading. Uh, that's all this is. The, they have the votes. You don't propose something like this unless you have the votes. They they had the votes in the House for a long time, and the votes have been cast in the House. They have the governor's signature. Uh, I believe they have 21 senators on board. I, I don't think uh, that necessarily guarantees passage. Uh, that's that's how politics work. It's uh, it's a crazy game out there. Politics uh, politics means that 21 to 19 doesn't always mean your team wins. You score the most points, you, you, you don't always win the game. Uh, that's uh, that's something they'll be uh, we'll be monitoring here in the coming weeks. The other, I, I guess, thing to know here is anybody who tells you when the General Assembly adjourns, uh, if they give you an actual date, is probably lying to you. Uh, they go to overtime all the time. They got they got more overtimes than the NHL out there. They they will they will take this thing to May to June. Uh, without thinking about it. So there, there's no, oh my gosh, it has to get done. There's three weeks left in, in General Assembly. Uh, there, there's a lot of time left on this arena project. So we'll keep our eye on that. Uh, of course, this show is yours as well. Phone line's open today, 833-804-0910. If you'd like to complain about last night's VCU game, share your observations about the Rams uh, or weigh in on anything else, uh, the lines are yours. They... I, I mean, you, you can also weigh in. Uh, I'm sorry, you could also weigh in on Twitter, 910thefan. Uh, I'm at Michael P in RVA. Sliding along, main topic today Russell Wilson. Uh, Russell Wilson is going to be an interesting situation in large part because, for reasons that, that I could say mostly involve Sean Payton, things are going to be acrimonious here and the split. This isn't going to be we've released Russell Wilson. They will time this release for maximum infliction of pain on Russell Wilson. Right now, it's it's quarterback cutting season. It's time to get your guy. Time to line up your draft pick. Uh, you, you hear all that you write. Chicago, you know, shopping Justin Fields. Russell Wilson, uh, you know, needs a landing spot. All Kirk Cousins on the carousel. The Broncos aren't going to make this easy for him. Uh, and that's an important thing to know because Sean Payton, uh, we're going to play this clip here. Here's Sean Payton talking about Russell Wilson earlier this year. Sean Payton does not believe he's at fault. And this is one of the important things here in this situation is when Russell Wilson left Seattle, he lost the PR war. Uh, he looked greedy. He looked controlling. Uh, the Seahawks came off looking better and, and Pete Carroll came off looking better and uh, Geno Smith obviously beat Russell Wilson there in game one. That only furthered the narrative. That's not the case this time. Russell Wilson has a little more good guy vibes to him this time. That's thanks in large part to Sean Payton. Here, here's Sean Payton weighing in uh, on whether or not Russell Wilson deserves the blame. It looks like Russ is taking the brunt of the blame. Well, I get that. And, and yet, um, I can't replace the entire offensive line i can't bring in five new receivers and 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 if it continues over a period of time then there'll be another guy here talking to you as well this this is something that you know these are difficult decisions and obviously there's more attention when it's the quarterback who's who's under contract but different than maybe you know earlier decisions we've made with maybe last year's prior starters. Uh, I can just assure you one thing, and and honestly, and and I've said this to Greg and George a number of times, I'm just interested in winning. And and it doesn't matter how, 
um, when you do this, you know, for this long of a period of time, it's all you're interested in because there's nothing like it. And then the other side of it, you know, there's nothing like that either. So um, that's kind of what it is. That's, uh, that's a guy who is going scorched earth here and has for a year and a half now, two years, ever since he's taken the job a year and a half ago. He's done nothing but make inflammatory statements about Russ. Uh, and look, Russell Wilson is not not a saint, obviously. You can line up people in Seattle who are happy to see him go. Sean Payton is doing Russell Wilson's dirty work for him here. Russ's next stop will be a redemption tour, and, and people are going to be more, a little softer on that because of Sean Payton saying things like, he needs to stop kissing babies. I'm going to give him a wristband. This one here, I, I can't replace the whole offensive line. Uh, you, that's going to make Russ a more sympathetic character. Um, now, I, I think if you look at landing spots, I think Steelers makes a ton of sense. I really do. Uh, I don't know that that means he'll be there. Was was a report yesterday? Chad Johnson says he's going to the Steelers. I, I don't. I, I don't put any stock in that. I because he's got to be released from Denver first. And a lot of these teams are going to take guys between here and there as well. Uh, somebody suggests he should go to the Jets. Should be Aaron Rodgers back up? I don't know where Russ is headed. He's 35 years old. He has fewer good years ahead of him than behind him. But I find it hard to believe he has zero good years of football remaining. It catches up quickly, but I think he's got another good year of football, uh, or, or at least a few still in him, which brings us to the commanders, of course, who are on the quarterback hunt. I don't, I'm not opposed to Russell Wilson being here. I'm really not. Uh, I think it, I think it could be a good fit potentially. What concerns me here on the fit is it's you're not building a sustainable winner, right? You still got to pick a quarterback at number two. If you're trying to tell me get Russ in here, take a take Marvin Harrison Jr. at number two, I'm all the way out on that. That's not building a sustainable winner. Uh, Josh Harris has communicated, right? He's okay with short-term losses for long-term gains. And I think you're going to see a lot of that baked into the organization's decision-making in the coming weeks and the coming months, whether that's who they take in the draft, whatever it is. I think Russ would be a good fit here, and especially if they trade back in the draft. Uh, you could roll into the season with Russ and you know whoever you want to grab late, whether it's Penix or McCarthy or Knicks, whoever that. you know, There's a lot of good quarterbacks late in the first round that you can go grab the guy you like, I think that makes a ton of sense. Uh, I also don't think Russ will be as big of a headache as people assume he is because he's on the redemption tour, but I don't think you can assume you're getting more than two good years out of him. I I don't think you can assume you're going to build something sustainable off of that. I just don't think that's what this ownership group's all about. I I think they're very invested in how do we build a long-term winning foundation. I don't think he fits that criteria at all. Uh, we'll talk about another guy on the other side of the break who who maybe fits that criteria. Caleb Williams, uh, some Jane Daniels, Drake May mixed in. Combine next week, it's, it sneaks up on you, uh, gets here quickly. NFL draft season is upon us. Bottom of the hour, of course, VCU chant will hear from Coach Ryan Odom, his interview with Robbie and Rodney after last night's game. It's a Wednesday. We're off and running. Really appreciate you guys joining us. It's MP on the mic. You're listening to 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. Wednesday morning, Michael Phillips here, MP on the mic, 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. Next segment, bottom of the hour, 1030. We'll talk all things VCU hoops. You'll hear from Coach Ryan Odom. Uh, but we're talking NFL draft right now, and I think one of the main things the commanders need to figure out is, are you going to go get Caleb Williams at number one? And the talk of that did not calm down at all when Cliff Kingsbury was hired as the offensive coordinator because, of course, he was with Caleb at USC all last year. He's got his resume uh, of all the great great quarterbacks he's worked with. Obviously, Caleb now on that list. Uh, what would it take to get him from the Bears? Would the Bears want him? Will they trade Justin Fields? All those questions. Here's Cliff Kingsbury uh, on what it was like to be around Caleb Williams for a year. He's a great kid, there's no doubt. And, and like I mentioned earlier, just 
getting to watch Lincoln from afar and, and observe him and, and how he coaches and how he schemes things up and his processes was huge. And, and then just being around the younger players and really diving back into the everyday teaching. Sometimes when you're a head coach, you, you step back from the one-on-ones a little bit, and, and this allowed me to get back into that vein. So, so Kingsbury, you know, he was an NFL coach, and now he, you know, he was primarily working with Caleb Williams last year. He's got the intel on it. That's one thing. The other thing is, can you get him away from the Bears, right? And so there's there's desire, and there's price. Uh, desire is an easy one. It, it it appears Caleb Williams is the best quarterback in this year's draft. Uh, I, I'm not going to say that definitively because you never know until there's hindsight. But the people who know seem pretty convinced he's the guy. He's number one. Uh, but then there's value. If you have to give the Bears two two more first rounders, three more first rounders. If you're not picking in the first round again until 2027, is that worth jumping from Drake May to Caleb Williams? Is the gap worth it there? Knowing what we know now, which is nobody knows anything, right? Obviously, in retrospect, you you know if you had if you had picks in the Patrick Mahomes draft, you would have traded literally whatever it took to go get Patrick Mahomes. That's not that's not the information we're working with here. What we're working with here is. Is this guy good enough over the other two, over over May and Daniels, to warrant making that jump? Here's the other thing that that wrinkles me a bit about this. So, obviously, if the Bears fall in love with May or Daniels, you can get this done pretty easily. Two's, two's the pick they would want to slide into. They can still get their guy. You can get Caleb Williams. They, they can't trade back to 17 or 10. You know, they can't trade with another team and still get Jaden Daniels or Drake May. The Commanders are the only team they could do business with. But if they decide they'd rather have one of those two, doesn't that pump the brakes a little bit for you? And I'm not suggesting the Chicago Bears are the the pinnacle of of quarterback evaluation over the years. But if, if they say, we're good on Caleb, we're fine with one of the other two, doesn't that change things a bit? Now, if the Bears say we want to ride with Justin Fields and build our roster, great, yeah, go go get him. That's that's not a that's not a red light to me at all. Uh, I mean, obviously, you'd prefer they be in on Caleb because the more teams that are in on Caleb, the better the the assessment is there. But if if they want one of the other quarterbacks, that that tells me you may not want Caleb Williams. And again, not that the Bears are the be all and end all, and a lot of it depends on structure, but. I've got red flags already with Guy coming to his hometown team. Uh, I've got concerns already after watching the Chase Young story, after watching, you know, hometown guys tend to struggle on their hometown team. Uh, there's there's a lot of expectations. There's a lot thrown at them. You can counterpoint that. Uh, it's the NIL era. He had a lot thrown at him at USC. Uh, he also struggled this year, uh, in his year after winning the Heisman Trophy. This was not his best year of college football. Uh, do you want to run the risk of compounding that as a pro in a trade that may set your franchise back if it doesn't work? Uh, do you want to be there if Chicago doesn't want to be there? And if Chicago wants him, you're probably not wrestling the pick away from him, so it's a moot point. It, it, where do you draw that line, right? If Chicago wants two ones from you, three ones from you, do you do, you do it? Are, are you willing to give away 25 and 26 to move up one spot, uh, you better feel really good about it. Um, one thing I, I've heard a lot is, well, Adam Peters doesn't want to draft a quarterback anyway because he saw what happened with Trey Lance. He got burned with Trey Lance. I don't think that's the takeaway here at all. Uh, I Just going back to Kyle Shanahan's perspective on that pick, and obviously Adam Peters as the assistant GM, he's not the person who decided to pick Trey Lance or make that trade. Kyle Shanahan's logic wasn't Trey Lance is going to be a great NFL quarterback. His logic was this is the last time we're going to pick this high in the draft, so we need to we need to take a swing on, on somebody who could be good because we're not going to get this chance again. Because he understands if you can get a top quarterback, it supercharges everything else you do as a franchise, and everything else. It becomes a lot easier because you have that guy under center. They don't have that in San Francisco. And that's no disrespect to Brock Purdy, who's good, 
It's just they don't have that guy who solves those problems for you. So they they have to build, and they've done it. They've built a great defense, built great skill players, built a great team and organization. That's the hard way to do it, though. And there's no guarantee it works out. If you can shortcut that process, why wouldn't you? That was that was the logic of Kyle Shanahan making the trade. I'd argue the logic holds up and the logic is sound. I don't think Adam Peters is going to say he took a gamble, it didn't work, I'm not going to gamble. I, I think the logic behind gambling there was sound because they haven't picked in the top 10 again. And if these guys end up picking in the top five again, it's going to be somebody else turning in the card. Uh, maybe Adam Peters could survive that next year or in two years. But once they turn the corner, the expectation will be you're not one of the five worst teams in the league or else things need to be overhauled and somebody else is going to be turning that card. So why wouldn't you take a stab at it? Why wouldn't you try to go get your guy now? Whether that's Daniels, May, or Caleb. Uh, I'm a Daniels guy. I love a high ceiling. That That's essentially going to be your litmus test here, right? Drake May is is far and away way more ready to play NFL football right now. You keep hearing the Justin Justin Herbert comparison. I think that's fair. Uh, I, he he's big. He can take a hit. He's he's you know his fundamentals are solid. He gets lazy sometimes. Uh, that that's something that obviously will have to be looked at. Um, you know, can can you coach him out of that? Uh, I think an NFL pass rush will get him out, shake him out of that pretty quickly. Uh, but on the whole, he's far and away the most pro ready prospect. This is not Sam Howell 2.0. They wore the same color blue in college. It's about all that. That's about all that's the same here. He is absolutely far and away a better pro pro prospect than Sam Howell was even after Howell's sophomore year when there was all the hype and everybody talking about how he was going to make it to 1-1. If the draft had been that year, he wasn't going to be 1-1. By the way, they were saying after another great year, he was going to be that. I love Jaden Daniels. Your ceiling's sky high there. Uh, that, That, to me, is far more important. The chance to get a franchise guy, a guy who can be good forever. Uh, we'll have lots more on this. We'll bring in uh, we'll bring in the experts next week. Uh, combines next week. My guy Ben Standig ran a poll. By the way, he said assuming Caleb goes at number one, who do you want at number two? Eleven percent of people said Marvin Harrison Jr. We're gonna need to talk them off of that ledge. Uh, don't turn in the pick at number two for a wide receiver. That's there's not good value there. The others were split between May and Daniels, and I'm good with that. Uh, I don't think this is a a right choice, wrong choice thing. Although it'll look that way in five years. I don't think in the moment it is, and I don't think anybody would suggest uh, that that there's clearly a right pick there between the two of them. All right, VCU Hoops, we promised it. We'll deliver it. Uh, Ice-cold night up in Massachusetts. We'll break it all down for you. We'll play some post-game clips. You heard them right here on The Fan. If you made it to the finish, uh, probably a lot of people tuning out early on this one. Uh, A little zone defense, a little Roosevelt Wheeler. We got it. We've got a lot to talk about. We'll do it on the other side of this break. You're listening to 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. Check along on a Wednesday morning. Mike Svenitz joins us at the top of the hour from Front Page Bets, breaking down everything going on in the world of sports. Ask him about the new college football playoff format going from 4 to 12 teams. They locked that in yesterday. But we've got to get to the unpleasant business at hand, and it was some mighty unpleasant business last night. VCU UMass, uh, 11 minutes without a made basket from the floor, 74-52 to 52 the final. Uh, VCU chipped its way back into this one, had it at 10. Uh, the second lap, like the first laps was wild. They just, just went ice cold, 11 minutes without a field goal, made some free throws during that stretch. Uh, some questionable decisions, but also, just some bunnies that they missed. Uh, I'm thinking a pair stow underneath the basket. I mean, th- there were some shots that these guys don't normally miss. The second one, though, you chip your way back to 10 and then kind of lose focus and, and lose the ability to generate on the offensive end and certainly uh, you know, th- using up too much of the shot clock, not getting good shots, forcing bad shots. Uh, the it was uh, it, pick, take your pick. It was the sampler pet ladder of things that weren't working. Here was uh, VCU coach Ryan Odom chatted with Robbie and Rodney after the game uh, right here on the fan, and uh, I think uh, I think he joins us in the frustration here. I mean, there were some moments certainly. You know, you cut it to eleven. At the end of that half, there was some energy. You know, mm-hmm. positive energy from the guys. You know, and it just then all of a sudden it's a free throw or it's a you know the ball falls back in the guy's hands. He lays it up. Um, you know, after a block shot, and so 
you know, a tough, a tough game all around. I think the, the first thing you have to say is you have to give UMass credit, you know, for the way that they played. They were clearly determined, you know, to impose their will on the game. And we did not respond, you know, appropriately at the beginning of the game, which dug a hole. And they were, they're a very physical team. And, you know, they play a very physical brand of basketball. And, and they get the ball inside and they move it in there and they, they, they hit you and they uh, cut through there. Uh, when they miss shots, they run in there, an offensive rebound. And, you know, I thought our guys, you know, battled certainly at times, but, you know, it wasn't enough for us to put any type of game pressure, you know, on them. We obviously played a lot of different guys, a lot of different lineups. Uh, you know, not much, you know, really worked, you know, <laughs> this evening. Uh, and, and you have to give UMass credit for that. It's, uh, you give them credit, they, they didn't, they didn't write the script, though. This is uh, this is a well-established book at this point. The the book's out on VCU, and look, it, that doesn't mean they're going to lose every game the rest of the way. I mean, Dayton knew what it had to do. Flyers knew they had to get in the paint. They couldn't do it. Uh, the the VCU defense was swarming that night. kept kept Dayton from getting good looks inside. Uh, wasn't the case last night, though. Uh, paint defense just wasn't there, and and UMass. Uh, Look, they they didn't have the size advantage some of these other teams have had. You look at the Bonnies, is you know, of course the Bonnies are going to dominate inside. They've got big athletes. They can win in the paint. Uh, I don't know that it was as obvious that UMass had that matchup, but but they made it work. Uh Frank Martin coaching them up. You remember him from South Carolina. By the way, by the way, they just glanced over this on TV. Was was Joe Bama still fighting with Frank Martin last night at halftime? Because uh, it sure looked like he was. Nobody asked about it post game that I could tell. Um, we'll get—I I don't know. We'll ask around. We'll get to the bottom of this. It sure looked like Joe Bamisil and Frank Martin were were fighting as it went to halftime. The broadcast went to the halftime show. We got to hear from Wally Zerbiak. Good for him. They come back and the announcer made like a fleeting reference to it, like. And you know Joe and and Coach Martin, they exchanged words like you don't you don't like to see that or whatever. It's just a very fleet, no replay, no nothing. Those are those are two combustible people. Uh, Joe is is smiley and laughy a lot, but it, but he's also got that got that chatter to him, got a little chatterbox to him, got that competitor to him. Uh, you know Frank Martin has a well established track record at this point of drawing with people. Uh, certainly, uh, his his track record at South Carolina proves as much. Uh, he, I mean, he's draw, he drawed at the UMass fans last year for not supporting the team. I would love to know what went down there. And look, everybody was frustrated. Uh, I, I mean, it was a frustrating night. The shots didn't fall. Uh, 17 for 56. VCU from the field shot 30%. Uh, Bamisil was 2 for 8 from 3. He actually ended up leading the team in points but two for eight for three that's that's not his night it, it was an ice cold night for joe uh got it I, it looked like you got into a little something with frank martin i'll be uh i'll be very curious uh what what comes of that but i to me I, things got more interesting than less interesting when roosevelt wheeler entered the game rose played 14 minutes and also, by the way, they threw some zone defense out there at the end. That was a little wild. Uh, Robbie and Rodney did ask Ryan Odom about all that after the game. Uh, here's what the VCU coach had to say. You guys went 2-3 zone for a couple possessions? That just, just to, uh, yeah, just to practice it in a live game and yeah. do it a little bit. It's not like we haven't ever done it mm-hmm. uh, you know, or haven't ever worked on it. We have it in practice you know, pretty much. Uh, not daily, but most, you know, the guys worked on it a ton in the in the preseason, and we've been doing it recently. So we wanted to just have it in some live game action. Did they show you enough that in the back of your mind you're like, man, we could maybe dish yeah, that out I mean, sometime certainly, if we need yeah, it to get certainly, a stop? Or, yeah, certain sure. lineups, you know, certain lineups that, that make sense, you know, out there for us, uh, for sure. It's something that we can go to. We also have other options as well. But, you know, tonight, you know, it was a combination of the two. You know, defensively we were not – you know, as, as hardened as we needed to be. And then offensively, we had one of those nights. You got to see a couple players that you hadn't yeah. hadn't seen in a while with Fats and Roosevelt and um, saw saw that they can give you some minutes in special situations. That had to be a positive for yeah, you Yeah, Fats, I thought, did a nice job. Rose did a nice job, too, and in, in, uh, in giving us some minutes. Firm was struggling a little bit. And, you know, Toby can't play long stretches. And so Rose has been practicing well. 
and so he's earned the right to to you know have a chance at it and um you know we'll go back and kind of watch and see kind of how he did you know overall but you know certainly pleased with them being ready and and uh you know, i think that that speaks to you know he's been working harder you know outside of practice and even in practice you know he's he's done a really good job that's uh he goes straight to Fats, did a good job, then he circles back on Rose, did a good job. Rose has been practicing well. He's earned this chance. I think he knew the hornet's nest he was stirring up by putting Roosevelt Wheeler in. Not to say it wasn't the right move. It was clearly the right move. Furman was clearly struggling, and they, they needed something inside. I don't think Odom envisions a long-term future for Roosevelt Wheeler here. I just think if he did, we'd be seeing a lot more of him a lot often. Fats, I'm not sure I have a read on at this point. Uh, Fats ends up playing 12 minutes. I think Fats may may be hanging around. He could be a part of this team. I just get the sense Roosevelt Wheeler's not going to be on this team next year, which makes it fascinating. He plays 14 minutes. Look, he had some good plays, unquestionably. He had some bad plays, too. So pump your brakes with this, why isn't Roosevelt Wheeler playing every game? Why isn't Roosevelt Wheeler starting? I didn't see... A player who's earned that. Uh, I didn't, and the plus minus could be misleading, right? He was plus three in the end. I don't know that there was a direct correlation there for Roosevelt Wheeler. I don't, I don't know that 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 performance was enough to say that's a guy you got to roll with going forward. Now, what I do know is you don't have a true five, and when teams take advantage of that, they eat your lunch. That's reason to be pessimistic going into Brooklyn. Reason to be optimistic. They they've dealt with it. They dealt with it against UR. They dealt with it against Dayton. They've they've had the same weakness. VCU's had the same weakness in every game they've played this season. They're not tough enough inside. They're not big enough inside. They're not aggressive enough inside. And they've won a lot of basketball games this year. Don't lose sight of that this morning. It's okay to be, you know, oh man, you know that. That that was a that was a tough watch. It was tough to watch that inside. Sure, but that's been the case every single game this year. That's not fresh. That's not new. They've won some basketball games against some teams that are pretty doggone good, despite that weakness. I'm. I mean, we're gonna have ourselves a Roosevelt Wheeler discussion. Uh, I can't wait to get Awad's take. We're about you know about an hour away from a little crosstalk. Does he want more Roosevelt Wheeler? I don't know. I'll be very curious to hear that. I don't want more Roosevelt Wheeler. I trust the coaching staff. If they think these are the five that give the best chance of success, if they think Furman and Lawal inside is the right combo, I trust you. You don't you don't need to pander to the fan base. I mean, obviously, last night Rose was better than Furman. That 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 was easy. That's an easy one. But is Roosevelt Wheeler a long term answer? I don't know that I saw enough to say Roosevelt Wheeler's a long term answer. That was, you know, it. it that was that it was a couple nice plays absolutely I, I'm glad to see him get some run he's certainly earned that um it's been disappointing to not see him so far this year is that the long-term answer inside I don't know I just think when when they are playing like that when they're allowing the passes to get inside there's very little that can be done about the paint situation 34 paint points from UMass just 18 from VCU uh if there's anything that I, I liked in the paint. It was when Bamisil drove to the paint in the second half. I, I love seeing that. Anytime a guard can get himself into the paint, get a basket. Bearstow almost had that early. That was almost the first basket, and then, then he missed the bunny. Just, just I mean, absolutely a, a crazy cold shooting night for, for VCU up there at, at UMass. It, it's not. It doesn't change the long-term narrative on this team. They still, they still got pain issues. They're still a very good basketball team, and when they're clicking offensively, I think they can still beat everybody in the A10. Uh, they're not going to make the tournament, but they're going to get a double buy in Brooklyn. Uh, so I, I don't. This isn't a UVA Tech situation to me. Like that game made me rethink a lot of things that I thought about UVA making the tournament, about Tech not making the tournament. I'm not rethinking anything after this. They're the same team. That, that left on that plane Monday, came back late last night. Uh, I think Roosevelt Wheeler's probably the most fast. We, we heard we heard Oda mention the zone, too. I think that was mainly for practice purposes, just to show they could do it, get them a little run. The game was out of hand at that point. I don't think it was a, a majorly strategic play, although good to know it's in the back pocket, right? Uh, you never know when you're going to need that down the line. Uh, 
I think the Roosevelt Wheeler thing's a fascinating one to me. He gets 14 minutes on a night where Furman's struggling uh, and and plays well, but certainly opens up uh, a can of worms as well for a lot of the fan base that has wanted to see more of him for a long time. If you want to weigh in on that uh, or anything else Rams-related, we'll take your calls, 833-804-0910. That number, 833-804-0910. Got some Twitter comments here about the Commanders and the Draft. We'll circle back on that in hour number two. We are going to take a break right now. Got one more segment before we get to the top of the hour. This is MP on the Mic. You're listening to 910 The Fan now at 105.1 FM. FM. Called a Scott Wednesday. All right, we're rolling. It's uh, it's a Wednesday. It's ten fifty. It's MP on the mic. Appreciate you guys joining us uh, around Richmond on nine ten. The fan on FM at one oh five one and worldwide on the free Odyssey app. It's got the rewind button in case you missed our VCU discussion or our discussion on what the Commanders should do at number two. I'll also mention a certain Russell Wilson earlier in today's show. Been a good program. Uh, aside from the fact. That it is a mis- misery Wednesday, ska Wednesday, all the all the Wednesdays here. Uh, VCU misery Wednesday as they uh, they got waxed up at uh, up at Massachusetts. The the Minutemen uh, took about eleven minutes to finish that one off early in the game. VCU did not score a basket. JC on the other side here. JC, uh, happy hotel pen trivia Wednesday as well. Oh yeah, still trivia to come in hour number two. Uh, I'm excited. What what are your favorite game shows? What game shows do you like to watch? Oh geez, um, I'm a big wheel guy. I'm a big wheel guy. I'm, You're a wheel I'm, watcher. I'm very. I'm a wheel watcher. Do you have the Do you have the card? Like sometimes they call off the card, right? And like a one <laughs> no. of the one of the watch. You're not a wheel. You're not an official wheel watcher. Not an official. Like I'm not part of the fan club. Okay. Not on the mailing because they do that at the end of the <laughs> game, right? They they draw somebody's number and they win like you know they win a million bucks if they call in, right? So and we, we may need to get you a wheel watcher card. That that actually could be a good investment. Just saying. High return. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, odds are low, but but if you hit, things, right. are, things are good. Big money, big money. Um, I like wheel a lot. I have very fond memories of growing up with, with that and Price is Right. Uh, classic. Uh, sick day from school, Price is Right. Oh, man. Lock it in. Oh, yeah. Lock and it in. My, uh, I- my best friend growing up, his mom was... was ran the daycare so oh, okay i got to hang out with my best friend when i was a little kid did they just put prices right on at the daycare at at her house yeah oh it's it was just, just a ho- home daycare it's that and then it's her stories just so like you, you got as the world turns and guiding light and she's running a daycare out of her house just just letting the kids watch the soaps yeah all right. Yep. That's because uh, we're doing what she's doing. We're a, we're staying with her. So whatever she's doing, yeah. That's why we are the way we are. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I uh, if I were on Prices Right, uh, I think I'd want to play Plinko. Second okay. choice, the game where the mountain the guy yodels his way up the mountain, and you don't want him to fall <laughs> off the mountain. I don't know what that's called. That's a good one too. I don't know what that one's called either. But I'm I'm. I'm picking up. I'm familiar with it for sure. I think I want to win cash and not a car. Like I, I get that everybody loses their mind when they can win a car, but what you want to win is cash. Yeah, the game where you like punch the holes and then they they pull cash out of them. Yes, there you go. Now we're talking. I want cash, not a car. That's kind of where uh, let's make a deal. I'm a, I'm a big fan of let's make a deal. Sure, I've not seen the new iteration. Wayne Brady's the new iteration, right? Yes, I enjoy his work. I've just not seen the new. I think we're doing a we're doing a radio program at the time. He does uh, it is an obstacle, right? Us. Yeah, let's that's in the way. It. That's kind of in the way a little bit. Yeah, but um, uh, the wacky costumes. That's kind of what it comes down to for me. Is that these people? It's everyone who goes yes. is wearing a wacky costume. Yeah, it's, it, Price is Right has a little bit of that, but let's make a deal. Is that on on steroids for yeah. sure? Oh my gosh, they go into it. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm a big <laughs> Jeopardy guy. Yes, I, I try out every year for Jeopardy, and every year I come back and keep doing this radio program. So, well, you know, I'm someday. I, fingers crossed for that day. Someday, I will be rooting for you. I'll be watching it. Because it's, it's not an if, it's a win. If you keep going every year and trying out, you're going to get there. 
Well, they, they, I appreciate that vote of confidence. I, I would guess there's a lot of people who try on every year and don't get there at, at all. Um, well, it's kind of like the lottery. The right. thing is, like, Wheel of Fortune, it's very hard to embarrass yourself. Jeopardy, very easy to embarrass yourself. Sure. In a round of Je- <laughs> there are people who embarrass themselves at Wheel of Fortune. Those yeah. clips go viral. Oh, like, yeah. The, your, your risk is higher if you embarrass yourself. But, but Jeopardy is a game where, I mean, you can really mm-hmm. be a fool up there. Was Wolf Blitzer, was he the one who got got just destroyed in Celebrity Jeopardy. Like, we'll still struggle to bounce back from that. (laughs) That that, that Celebrity Jeopardy outing. I will say I did watch the uh, Patton Oswalt take the uh, Celebrity Jeopardy a couple times. So so I I didn't see that. That tells... I'm guessing he's actually smart, right? He's a pretty smart guy. Yeah. He's a nerd. I I mean, mean, you don't do that kind (laughs) of work and fake it for that long. No, I mean, you you don't pretend to be that about Dungeons and Dragons that's that you feel that way I think you got to live that life you got to you got to be all in on that life that's a part of your soul for sure I just assume I'll end up on Jeopardy and I'll get some like you know the categories will be modern ballet opera <laughs> like it'll just line up you know like opera fi- fictional stories written by Germans you know just in, but, instead of the the low-hanging fruit right but if they throw at you uh you know like modern or like Renaissance era art and uh, I sculptures you're pretty good at that we've reviewed I am a sneaky art history guy you're sneaky um, with the art history I, I can I can do some art history if, if, if anybody wants to call in they, they can hit me with some art history I'm I'm, I'm on top of it uh, absolutely. So it's Hotel Pin Trivia Wednesday. Uh, we got this pack of baseball cards, Donruss Series 2 from 1991. Now, I'm a little, I don't know if anybody's going to call in today because Donruss, I mean, that was the second place card to, okay. to Tops. Top, right. Tops was the name brand. Tops is clearly. At yeah. some point, Upper Deck came on the scene. I don't know when that was, but when they came on the scene, they became a big deal. Yeah, I do rem- I kind of remember that. I did, I did have a. Uh, I had Sammy Sosa. Oh, yeah. I had Barry Bonds. I had Ooh. Mark McGuire. Those, oh. All of my tops cards. The the Sultans of SWAT there. The, oh, man. The Bash Brothers. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, Jose Canseco? I didn't have a Canseco. No Canseco. We were uh, in Vegas. We were staying at, uh, I was at the Mandalay Bay, and um, they have like a little mall in there, and that's where Pete Rose did his autographs for many mm-hmm. years. Um, he just, okay. just He had like a little table outside, and you could walk by, and it was just Pete Rose sitting there. He's just hanging out. And you could pay him $100, and he'd aut- it was $100, and autograph whatever you had, and it was like $150, and he'd write, I'm sorry, I bet on baseball, and his autograph. <laughs> um, is that actually true? That is actually true. That That is, uh, that is how he sorry. made a living. Yeah. I'm sorry I did that, guys. Yeah. I, I'm sorry I got caught betting on baseball. <laughs> that's that's the, Yeah. That's that, the more accurate that, that's, apology. That's the one. Uh, all right. Uh, hour number two coming up. Mike Svenitz joins us front page. Bets always enjoy our Wednesday conversations with him. Uh, and we'll talk more VCU. You'll hear from uh, Coach Ryan Odom, his chat with Robbie and Rodney last night. Uh, I want to dive into uh, Alex Ovechkin as well. Great eight is maybe, possibly, a little bit back on pace. That on the other side of this, you're listening to 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. Wednesday morning, hour number two, MP on the mic. Thank you for joining us. 910 The Fan, 105.1 FM worldwide on the free Odyssey app. College football playoff make an announcement yesterday. Uh, their new format in the 12-team field. We'll talk about that with our guest. Alex Ovechkin uh, scores a pair of goals yesterday. He is now literally on pace to exactly tie Wayne Gretzky at the end of his current contract, which he's told Russian media will be his last. We'll dive into that. We're a half hour away from Hotel Pin Trivia, one of the highlights of the week every week. But right now, it's a Wednesday, which means we are chatting with our guy Mike Svetitz of Front Page Bets. Uh, now, Josh, I know we have computer issues here. Do we have the sounder? Uh, is that in? Is that in play here? Oh yeah. Okay, good deal. Well, let's uh, let's fire up the sounder and do this right then. Mike Savetics of Front Page Bets breaks down this week's lines and action in college and pro football. Mike, what's up, dude? Hey, Michael, what's going on, man? Here's here's what I got for you. Um, they changed the college football playoff format uh, yesterday, so it's going to be 
five automatic conference qualifiers. Now the now the Pac-12's gone. So four power conferences and one non-power conference team, uh, and, and seven wild card teams. Uh, you're you're a betting man. Odds that those teams come from the Big Ten and the SEC basically every year. I mean, I think I think right now you're setting it up, especially with the additions of of both of those conferences. You know, Texas, Oklahoma. USC, you know, I think you're seeing you're going to see a lot of a lot of the same conference teams making the, this 12 team playoff. The good thing I do like about that is is that you're going to get a six conference champion that doesn't come from one of the Power Five, and that's not counting the Pac-12, which is in shambles. So you're going to see, you know, this could have been a Liberty getting a six seed. You know, or a, um, you know, in, in years past, you know, a, a Tulane or something like that, Coastal Carolina, a Boise State. You know, you could see one of those teams get in, and you will, you know, because they're going to take a six conference champion um, that's highly ranked. So it's 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 good for college football. The twelve the twelve team playoff is going to be interesting um, to to see how how that all plays out, especially with travel, especially with you know, timing and, and everything like that. And what's going to happen to, I think, the, you know, the bigger question too is what's going to happen to the bowl season as we know it now that we're going to have, you know, six extra games. Um, we're going to have, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of teams, you know, that would traditionally play in your New Year's six games. You know, that's going to be no more. So you're going to have a, you're going to have a lot of different shakeup. And I think it's, it, it could be beneficial to the teams, some of the smaller program teams to get in a chance to play for a national championship that might not have had that chance, but also for your, you know, your, Six and six, seven and, and and five teams. What what where do they go? You know, because I I don't know if we're going to continually to have the, the weed eater bowl and Biloxi. You know what I mean? So that'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. See, I think they're going to lean into the shtick even harder. Like, and as a shtick guy, that doesn't bother me. Like, I <laughs> yeah, think absolutely, I think there's going to be a lot more pop eating of pop tarts going on, cheese its and yeah. mayos. I think you're going to see a lot more because, right, you, I, I think you've got, right, your playoff teams, and then you've got your teams that are just happy to be there, right? Like your, right, right. you know, your, your, your seven and six teams or, you know, whatever, whatever yeah. it may be, your JMUs yeah. of the world. Um, right. But then if the SEC, like if, if they send four, right, they would have had Alabama and Georgia in this year for sure. Correct. Correct. Um, Correct. Probably Oregon. Well, that's a Big Ten team. Uh, yeah. Um, Oklahoma. Well, yeah, Texas. Texas, Texas. Well, Texas and Oklahoma. Texas, you know that would be yeah. Texas and Oklahoma. You would have had four, maybe even Missouri. Maybe you would have had five because Missouri Correct. is very good. If you're LSU or Tennessee and you're nine and four, like I don't get the sense you're fired up to play in a bowl anymore. No, this is this is going to be the equivalent of the NIT. Yeah. You know, this is this is your you know the the if you're not in the 12 team playoff, if you're not in the NCAA tournament, you're you're an NIT team, and who cares if you're the number one seed and you're playing, you know? But I do I will advocate for more pop tart uh, mascot <laughs> and and uh, you know the I, I will advocate for that. Let's let's get some Duke's mayo. Let's get the Duke's mayo pop tart. Let's let's put them in a cage match, <laughs> and that'll be the bowl game. And the loser has to put mayonnaise on the pop tart. <laughs> I eat it. That's the that's the front page bets dot com bull coming to ESPN eight the Ocho sometime next that's year. <laughs> Absolutely, that I would be the it. most watched. The game nobody will watch the game. They just watch to see the loser have to eat the the Duke's mayonnaise strawberry covered <laughs> pop tart. Exactly. You know? Exactly. We need we need to branch out of food. There's definitely other like you. There used to be a weed eater bowl. You know, like right. we 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 got options here. We we can go to. You're you're a Tampa guy. Was wasn't that the Beef O'Brady's bowl? There was the Beef O'Brady's in St. Pete, which was uh, Beef O'Brady's. By the way, you guys are missing out up here. The Beef O'Brady's wings are the best wings I've ever had. Um, they're they're great. Other than Hurley's Tavern, now my my, my guy Trey. And, and shout out Hurley's. Hurley's Tavern. I'm gonna give a definitely give them a shout out. You know how much I love my guys over there and, and those wings. But um, yeah, Beef O'Brady's wings, super underrated. You know, the from Brandon, Florida, where you know we lived a couple miles from the original Beef O'Brady's. Great, great food. The Beef O'Brady's was, and obviously the Outback Bowl and Tampa Stadium. Never, it, it's the best bowl to go to on new, you know the 10 a.m. kickoff on New Year's Day because you go in there, you're little. You're struggling a little bit from New Year's Eve. You go in there, and the first thing they give you when you get to the press box is a blooming onion. Nothing cures a hangover <laughs> like the greasy blooming onion. I'm telling you right now, from experience, Michael, from experience. We, I, I was told when they did the Natty in Indianapolis last year, they had the um, uh, the St. Elmo shrimp for everybody in the press box, the shrimp cocktail. 
that'll yeah. wake you up in a very different way. I've seen you go hard on that too, so I'm not. I mean, you 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 you've taken that to another level. I, I gotta come get some Beef O'Brady's wings with you. That that that's no my doubt. takeaway today. That absolutely I, Beef O'Brady's Hooters is from down there, and and nobody's saying Hooters is the pinnacle of wing achievement, but like they, you guys you guys do wings down there. They, they, we know how to do wings. We know how to do. Uh, we know how to do atmosphere because nobody. Go, you know, I mean, you go to Hooters for the wings. I mean, let's be honest. That's the only reason you're going to Hooters. So, <laughs> all the flavors. I enjoy all the flavors. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Mike Sved, it's frontpagebets.com. Mike, I'm just happy you, you took our call because last time I, I had to kick you off the air early because Carrot Top came and sat down at our table in Vegas. Yeah, you ran you ran you ran me for Carrot Top. Like that was not on my bingo card. Waking up that day. <laughs> Uh, Carrot Top brought an original joke for our audience, Mike. Would you like to hear it? I I would absolutely love to hear it. You guys, you know, we're here for the Super Bowl. It's amazing. There's going to be 80,000 people at that stadium, but it's crazy. There's just one usher. I mean, that's the best dad joke I've heard in a while. I mean, that's, is, is Carrot, Carrot Top is the original dad joke guy, right? Like, yeah, I mean, $40 nightly at the Luxor. He's still... Uh, like we just get all the dad jokes. Carrot Top and the Luxor, that's that's the correct uh, that's the correct pairing right there. I feel like that's the venue. That's the appropriate venue right there. <laughs> oh, no only because the Flamingo is booked with the uh, the Donny <laughs> Osmond tribute show or whatever yeah, that and is. and they're tearing down the they're tearing down the trop. So you know, I mean, you get you you only can go so so high. In that, you know, <laughs> um, Donny Osmond. By the way, it's the real Donny Osmond in Vegas. I learned that this time. If I if we had played oh. dead or alive, I would have lost on Donny Osmond. Not the not the fake Donny Osmond, the real Donny Osmond. That's how he brands himself now. Well, just I I thought it was one of, like you know they have Michael Jackson on the strip. Oh like, yeah, oh, it's oh, not the real was, oh, Michael yeah. Jackson. It's the real well, Donny Osmond. Tell? I just I just thought the, real... the difference. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I wouldn't know the real Donny Osmond from the fake Donny Osmond if you lined them up. The, <laughs> the other great thing about Vegas, you'll appreciate this as a betting man, is. Um, they had a bunch of slot machines on Radio Row for people to like do their live TV hits oh, with, yeah. but they were rigged so that every time you push the button, it paid out a jackpot. There you go. What was the jackpot? Well, whatever. Like, like you know, it didn't actually pay sure out, but it, it made a lot of noise, and you know, yeah, right. that that got broadcasted back to America every night. Our our guy Mark Davis was there from uh, formerly yeah. of NBC Twelve. He's now down in Norfolk. Yeah. He did nine days in Vegas. That's too much Vegas. It's an aggressive amount of Vegas, Mike. That's a lot of Vegas. Like, I think the <laughs> Vegas, the over-under amount of Vegas time is like 37 and a half hours. That, like there's, there's, that, that feels that, right. I think that's the most appropriate Vegas time. 48, you know, you're pushing it. Nine days? It's, uh, wow. it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of Vegas. <laughs> Uh, you're, you're Travis Kelsey in a luchador mask by day seven. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Mike Sved is with us, frontpagebets.com. All right, we've turned the page from football, but I know you got tons of college hoops going on. Uh, I see you got a little soccer. You're dabbling in the world of soccer. Uh, I know golf's oh, yeah. going full swing. What, what do we got on frontpagebets.com? Yeah, I mean, we got a lot going on. Obviously, you know, basketball heading into the final, you know, couple weeks of the season before the NCAA tournament. Obviously, a big game last night. You know, UConn losing to Creighton. Creighton's a tough team. We're gonna we're gonna see a lot more of uh, you know some of these upsets. And I think you know March Madness obviously is huge um, here in these parts. And and you know a big thing too, North Carolina. You know, to our, our neighbors to the south, uh, they go legalize sports betting, uh, mobile sports betting March 11th. So you know that that's going to be a big big boom is for pre, us. But is that pre tournament? Yeah, that's going to be pre tournament. That's actually going into the ACC. I think that's the week Ooh, of the ACC juicy. tournament. So it's going to be nice. And then, obviously, Charlotte hosts a regional the next week. So it's going to be nice down there in, in North Carolina. So, you know, if you if you want to double up and, and go down to, to North Carolina and, and get a little extra, you know, uh, front page bets got you covered there. But also, yeah, and then, you know, golf's heating up. We've got the Masters as the next, you know, obviously the first major and the big one. Um, and NASCAR, too. You know, big, big NASCAR week last week with the Daytona 500. You know, there's three races in Virginia, actually six races, but three tracks, Martinsville twice, Bristol twice, Richmond twice. So we're getting in on the uh, on the NASCAR thing. So, yeah, we got a lot going on. So just because football season's over does not mean that we slow down and uh, here at Front Page Bets. So we're, we're trying to take care of all angles, all betting things. And then also, also with the college football news, yesterday, you know, the favorites for, for next year. It's never too early to get good odds on a – 
on a on a team for your futures bets, right? I like kind of like Texas going in. We just got to figure out who's going to play quarterback, Quinn Ewers or Arch Manning. So, it, I, I, I'm this is my thing. They can't play Quinn Ewers. Like you can't have Arch Manning and sit him on the sideline for that long. Like, yeah, the, you don't. Yeah, the fans Arch Manning will did not go to Texas. Yeah, if Arch Manning did not go to Texas to sit two years, you know what I mean? And 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 so that's the question. The fact that Quinn Ewers didn't leave really puts you in a dilemma and Sark is going to you know, have, have, have a dilemma on a chance because I think you can lose that locker room if you don't figure that out soon. You're going to lose the fan base for sure. They're the ones paying your salary Absolutely. every year. All right, yeah. Mike Svetitz, front page bets. Uh, hope to see you later this week, uh, hopefully, um, with celebrating uh, Melanie Martinez. She's leaving the Times-Dispatch. She's announced That's that right, to yeah. the world, so we can't... Uh, I, th- I think we're doing a little something there. So uh, congrats to her. She's going off to cover Major yeah. League Baseball. Uh, hopefully... Uh, Hopefully the, the pastures are, are greener up there in D.C. because uh, that that's a dud team up there. So she she there's, can make the most of it. You know, Michael, you got a lot. You got you got you're going to have that coaching tree, kind of like the, the the Bill Walsh. And yes, the, sir. Uh, you know, you got that coaching tree with Melanie and and some of the other ones. So uh, good the, good stuff there. But that's hey. where I started. I interned with the uh, Manny Acta Washington Nationals. Uh, they they were bad. They were really bad. <laughs> Yeah, they're not. They, they didn't get much. I mean, I, obviously the World Series, but then after that, that was kind of you know, I'm, I'm, it's reminiscent of like the Marlins in '97. Exactly. Yes. Good. Yes. Exactly. Really the, po- the the post World Series teardown. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, Mike Svet. It's frontpagevets.com. Always appreciate you making some time for us. All right, Michael. Thanks, bud. Talk All right. You. Take care. We got it. We got a break. We'll be back after this. You're listening to 910 The Fan now 105.1. Eleven forty six, taking up to the top of the hour. AWOD Radio takes over. Grant and Danny drive you home tonight on the fan. Join us anytime on the free Odyssey app. It's got the rewind button. It's got live radio. It's got everything you need. It'll have the Richmond Flying Squirrels as we uh, fly towards Flying Squirrels season. Our guy Pelf, Dennis Pelfrey, will be back as the manager this year, about a week and a half away from Nutsy's block party there. Always love that event. Uh, room, there were rumors that we were go, we were going to go out and make an appearance at that. I don't know. Uh, unconfirmed. Uh, Nazis block party? Nazis block party. I will never miss another Nazis block party. <laughs> it's the greatest event of the year. Uh, there you go. Tell me so, and I will be there. All right. P- pencil me in, too. Your enthusiasm is rubbing off on me. I'll be there, too. Um, Apple is launching a sports scores app in the iPhone today. I'm actually kind of intrigued by this. They're all, they're launching the sports app? No, we launch that at 12 noon every day. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Come on, uh, Stub. Can you laugh at me? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing. I'm laughing. Like like we got stub like at gunpoint here. <laughs> laugh at the foot. Laugh at the man's joke, stub. Um, I am. Uh, I I've never found an app I like with the sports scores on it. Do you have Do you have a good one? Uh, I mean, I think the ESPN app is easiest to use. Can I show you what happens every time I pull up the ESPN app? Yeah. Every time I hit the button, it it goes to please set your favorite teams. It bounces to that screen. Wait, really? Let me see. Yeah. So. <laughs> See if see if that no it didn't it didn't work because I've already launched it in the show yeah yeah yeah, yeah re, reboot it all right let's um, see oh there it is the there it is oh, I think oh, it did on. but that, that's see. all right fire back up when it does it will like set your preferences there it is yep I've set my preferences I've set my teams I've told them I like Alex Ovechkin they know I'm I'm fired up that he got two goals last night well here's what you could turn off is okay the betting odds you don't need that I don't need the betting odds uh, that that's not serving anybody I, I don't know if you're maybe I don't know what's going on. Are you not saving your preferences or something? I'm that's saving weird, my preferences. That's a weird bit. I've it, never seen anything like this before. I'm not. I'm not 67 years old. I'm not technologically challenged. We've got some can live we, can troubleshooting. Can we list all the teams that you follow? I think it's a good bit. Uh, please, please do, but know that these are not my favorite teams, no, right? Because you're going to you plugged in. You're going to say the Richmond Spiders. They're yep. not like you know. We 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 keep track of them. They're Virginia not, Tech men's basketball. Sure. Virginia men's basketball makes sense. Richmond men's basketball makes sense. William and Mary football, Spider football, JMU football. There's a JMU basketball game today. Dave Rigert will join us at two p.m. I love, love Dave. He's got a he's got a good voice. Virginia football, Virginia Tech football, and VCU men's hoops. Yeah. My, that's all it takes to do the job. <laughs> that, that's all we need. That's all we need here. Um, all, right, all right, let me close do I not this have the caps and reopen the app. I thought see. I had the caps on. No, there. you Maybe. don't have any DC sports. I'm a little frustrated by that. What? Oh, my God. It opens up the... You know <laughs> I what? told let's, you. Let's add the caps and see I, if that solves anything. Please do. Maybe that'll solve the... You don't need to add the commanders, though. Like, I know what's going on with the commanders. <laughs> yeah, beyond, I hope so. <laughs> beyond what the ESPN app can tell me. All right. AWOD's here. It's time for a little crosstalk. 
two hosts right. enter. Let's get it on right now, all right? Two hosts will also leave, but in between, all bets are off. This is Crosstalk with MP and AWOD. Okay, okay, let's get this show on the road! Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's why you rely on the sports app, because the ESPN app is botched. You might have to delete the app and re-download it. That's actually a good call. Yeah. Then i got to set all the teams again. I know. Yeah. Um, I may try the Apple app. I may I may report back. All right. I'm, I'm in. They, I'm just worried they're going to like try to pump MLS Oh, to they're going to 100% yeah. pump MLS, because that's part of the deal, is that Messi gets paid through his deal with per, Inter-Miami per, per yeah. subscription to Apple TV+. Plus. And so, of course, they're, you know, I bet when you open the app on Apple, instead of throwing to your preferences, it just throws to a photo of Messi and says, <laughs> here's the next game you can watch. You know how they put the U2 album on everybody's phone back in the day? I know. It's- I love that bit now because now, now I'm a U2 fan. <laughs> or- I'm a Mark. I'm a sphere guy. Yeah. I'm a sphere guy is what I am. Uh, It's going to be that, like, every time you power up your phone, it's going to be like, we put messy on your phone. Yeah. We've changed your wallpaper. We thought you might want a a little messy wallpaper. You know, somebody told me that I think the Grateful Dead is lined up to go to the the sphere next. Do you know who's in the Grateful Dead now? No. John Mayer. Real? What? (laughs) Wait, what? Didn't he do a bit with Queen, too? He's, like, jumping. He is the biggest free agent in music. I'm impressed. (laughs) Uh, I, I am not making that up. You know, uh, John Mayer is actually related to this kid I played uh, tennis with growing up, and uh, John Mayer like would send him a personal video every year for his birthday. I thought that was really cool. Okay, like like cameo before there was cameo, basically. Yeah, yeah. and for free. Yeah. Um, there are three members of the original Grateful Dead still still humming, um, and three others have joined them. John Mayer being one of the three. There mm. you go. Uh, is that too much trippiness at the sphere, though? My other concern is... <laughs> is it enough? You know, My other concern is everything at the sphere was so well produced. Like, whoever's doing the videography there is incredible. Yeah. I, that's spontaneous. That's a jam band, right? Like, they don't... Yeah. Well, but I think they would give you the set list, you know, months in advance... Okay. Right. And this I think, isn't like a fish thing where like they're just going to do whatever they want for seven minutes. I don't know. They might, you know. I, and then what are you going to do on the screen? Well, then, then you just, you have a button that says trippy <laughs> as F, you know, <laughs> and that's, you just press that button. Because I'll tell you, the, the last few songs that you two, I was telling Grant, I was like, this is just a videographer showing off. Yes. Like, what does this white smoke have to do with anything? But it looked amazing. That was like when our seats shook. Oh, yeah. Remember the rumble pack on the N64? Yeah. They yeah. put a rumble pack in everybody's seat. On your butt. Yeah. Hey, your butt just <laughs> that that served no purpose other than like look what we can do. Oh well oh yeah the helicopter at the beginning when they started shaking and then I was thinking, is you two gonna come down from the ceiling? It was possible. Yeah. It was it was definitely yeah, they in had play. a balloon up there. <laughs> <laughs> I I won't go back for Grateful Dead, but if you were to set the over under on next time I'm at the sphere, three years, four years, I'm going back to the sphere. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going the rest of my life without going back to the sphere. I, I just love how that you have a rep, reputation now that people know when you go on a work trip that you do some play as well. Oh, dude, they, that that everybody knows. Everybody at the Times Dispatch has known that for 13 years. Oh, really? so, oh yeah. No, yeah. that's. Uh, I, I I've been known to ex- like the Sunday NFL game. I've been known to leave on Friday. <laughs> we, we're always one year though we got jobbed went to Houston and we were all set to see an A and M football game. Uh, like a decent one too, um, you know, like with the, with the male cheerleaders and the dog and all that stuff that they mm-hmm. do. It's kind of a wacky. Um, it was like wacky, it was right. like a three o'clock game, but it got thunderstorm. They delayed it to a nine o'clock kick, and we just we lost the juice. Like we yeah. weren't gonna sit for six hours in the car and car tailgate. Like we got a game the next day. Right. We're gonna you're leave. not in a love. We're gonna leave <laughs> here at one a.m. Yeah, so we we got cheated out of that one. So a and still on the still on the list. I'm wondering, like, at what point will you? Buy tickets for something in New Orleans for next year's Super Bowl. Yeah. Ooh, there you go. Um, is Zion still with the Pelicans? <laughs> we could do a Zion bit. Yeah, we could do a Zion bit. They, they, they've been playing the games uh, early. That'll be a fun radio row. I'm excited yeah. for that one. Uh, March Madness on tap first, though. Oh we, yeah. Uh, You'll be in Brooklyn? I'll be in Brooklyn. Yeah. Three live shows from Black Forest, Brooklyn, which is a really cool German bar I was at last year. It's uh, set up with the VCU alumni group in New York, and they're going to have a party there uh, two hours before the first VCU game. So I will be there broadcasting live and hanging out for the party. All right, let's bring it in. Percentage chance VCU wins the A-10 tournament after what you saw last night? Uh, 40%. I You made a really astute observation, which is – the first game may be their toughest game. It, they're set up now. They it's either the Bonnies or UMass in the opener. 
Uh, and I don't think that'll... Or Mason, right? There's some wiggle room there um, with some other teams. But You signed me up for Mason, I'm cranking that percentage up. No yeah. dis- no disrespect to the green and gold. <laughs> no disrespect to Doc no, Nix. No, we, we can disrespect him uh, because it's a first-year coach with Tony Skin. No, no, no disrespect to Tony Skin, who I like a lot, by the way, but... They they just don't present the same situation. Like, you know what I've realized is that, and I'm not calling Josh Cohen fat, but VCU is not good <laughs> against fat men down low. That's been the big, issue. Big and men. and like we've talked so much about how Toby Lawall's the most athletic freak in the league. He can jump hit the top of the backboard. He can't but he's bang. Also, too skinny to handle a fatso down low. Chad Venning dominated them. Josh Cohen was just turning around and throwing up hook shots from two feet out. I I would hate to see the Bonnies on the draw. You, so right now, UMass is the five seed at eight and six. Yeah. Bonnie's the six seed, seven and six. So they're half a game and, back. And they play this Then weekend, George so Mason and Duquesne are two games behind those guys. And then it's St. Joseph's. Who's going to, you know, St. Joseph's is going to give it here their all this they're here, Sunday. They're here Sunday. Oh, yeah. Uh, does the Hawk come? I love the Hawk. Oh, yeah. I'll and he never stops, you know, waving his arms. So I did 50 push-ups on Radio Row. That's the equivalent of, like, a 1,000 push-ups. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a, it's a full-ride scholarship. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It'd have to be. It'd yeah. have to be for that kind of effort. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Roosevelt Wheeler. Um, Good game, Rose. You you were you were in. I was very encouraged. By you that. want more Roosevelt Wheeler? I don't know if I want more. That was a good amount. You know that was okay. the, look. There's one game every year, and this was the first game all year where we had a stinker. Every game that we lost before this, we were in it. It felt like until the final eight minutes of the and game last night. That's no- generous. What game would you say we weren't in it? G Dub. Oh, we lost by two at the buzzer. No, not G Dub. Um, say the Bonnies. Oh yeah, well the, the, the Bonnies at the Seagull Center. Bonnies at the Seagull Bonnie's Center. Bonnies at the Seagull Center. Yeah, I mean, I think we ended up losing that game by like eight or ten points, but uh, ne- never in it. It was, it was. I think it was a two-point game at half. I believe. Was we it lost really? by eleven? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, it felt like we were getting worked the, the entire uh, no, time. No, it was an eight-point game at half. Lose the game by eleven. Yeah, we never got closer than ten. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah, but it was at home. I I yeah. felt like we were ready to make a run. Just um, never happened. But what I'm saying is, there's always one stinker every year. This was a stinker. This was the stinker last night. And it it came against a team that was hungry. You know, they defeat Richmond, and then they have a heartbreaking loss to LaSalle. They're at home. It was the blackout game. And that's, you know, what's so frustrating is that VCU is the Super Bowl for every team in this conference almost. Well, when it, we come to your town, I think opposing coach is a very is a real factor here too. Uh, Travis Ford, which you know, I, I said my things yesterday. I don't think he's any good at coaching basketball. <laughs> Frank Martin is definitively good at, good at coaching basketball. Yes. Like said, there's other stuff there too, but he's very good at coaching basketball, and he crafted a winning game plan. Yeah. All right, AWOD's going to weigh in a little bit more on his show, I would imagine. Three hours of AWOD Radio coming up next. Grant and Danny drive you home. You know where you are. It's 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. We'll see you tomorrow. FM. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.